this past week, me and Monica did, and um, it was very inspirational just to see um, kind of their take on the thing and um, how they're looking at the situation up here of the things are being ran in Florida and um, we uh, shared much of the same mindset and uh, it was good to give it a talk and and uh, it was very encouraging you know sometimes God will put a person in front of you just to you know just kind of let you know you're doing okay you know just, just you don't have to come out and directly say it. it's just uh, it was just a good um, inspirational motivational time for for us so it was it was a good good thing so we enjoyed that and uh, so with that I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, I've been wanting to start something new and kind of keep going forward with what we've been doing with our, our back to basics and learning how to access the kingdom and, and these sort of things and the, the world is kind of dictating a different path right now because uh, as a religious leader whether I want to be or not I'm in that position and we have to give what is needed right then and right now we are faced with an epidemic of panic and fear so I'm going to be pretty pretty blunt today and pretty rough and the title of today's message is going to set us up for that and the title of today's message is, is to stop being stupid so let's start um, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is a good one. I got some yellow highlighter all over mine. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and of sound mind. Now, if we look at what's going on today, we look at the news, we look at how people are interacting in the world. Maybe we need to look at our own selves and say, are we acting in love are we acting in power and we are acting with a sound mind or are we living with that spirit of fear there is a toilet paper shortage you can't go in Walmart or Publix or any of the local big places the shelves are bare I seen a video the other day and it looked like something from Black Friday when they put out a pallet and people swarmed it, taking every single one. People are filling up baskets full. Taking it home. Filling up closets. Now the thing is, the average person only uses one roll a week. So a simple four-pack will last you a month. So why are we stocking up for years and years at a time? Your food's going to run out long before your toilet paper does. We see people that's trying to make a profit. 
that's buying up these things like hand sanitizers and and Lysol sprays and trying to sell them for outrageous prices. This is no surprise. These things have been happening since the very beginning. Since man fell and we fell under that curse. Because part of that curse is a fear that we are not going to have enough. So what do we do? We hoard. We see back at Cain and Abel when it was time to give the offering that one of them held back their best, keeping it for themselves. I was asked, is this the end? Is this a sign of the end of time? We've been having signs for the end of time since Jesus left. Man has been suspecting Jesus' return since the day he left. They were expecting him to do something before he ever left. And it was the same kind of reaction that we're having today in 2020 that happened way back then that put him on the cross. One person started shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And pretty soon everybody jumped on board. We've been talking about fear. That should be no stranger to your vocabulary because I bring it up a lot. Because it is Satan's one and only tool. Now see, you may not want to believe that, but John 10.10, 10, let's turn there. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that I might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Satan's only purpose, his only goal, is to take something from you. And that's what fear does. The time you spend worrying about something that you have no control over or that may never come to pass is gone and lost forever and you can never get it back. It is stolen from you. The time that you spend in doubt and worry and fear is time that you cannot spend putting toward your faith in God and do the kingdom of heaven and it is time that you cannot get back ever again. When we're worried, when we're fearful, are we happy? Of course not. These two things cannot coexist just like faith and fear cannot coexist. Satan is stealing your joy. We see today so many empty seats. And I know there's reason for some that are some out sick and there's other things like that. And you know, that's understandable. That's part of life. But I have to think that there are seats out there that are vacant today because of fear. Because somebody's worried about by coming into the house of God that they might catch something. 
that they might get sick. I can't think of any better place to be in a time like this than in the house of God. What are you saying when you are now scared to come to church? What is that saying about your faith in God? Is it the end? God tells us that only He knows that day. And yet we worry about it, we worry about it, we look for signs for it. And yes, He gives us some signs, He gives us some indication. There are some clues. That's not for us to figure out, pinpoint it, to worry about it, to stock up on, and to do all these crazy things that people are doing right now. These things are to let us know that it is real. These things that he shows us is to let us know that we need to do the one thing and the only thing that we can do to prepare for any kind of situation, including the end of the world, as that is to accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place and the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare, from the fowler, and from the nauseous peasants. He shall cover thee with thy feathers, and under his wings you shall trust in his truth. Thou shalt be shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for thy terror by night, nor by that arrow by that flieth by day. Nor for the pestilence that walk in darkness, or the destruction that wastes by the noonday. We have nothing to fear if we have God in our lives. Nothing to fear. He is our protector. He is our source. He is our refuge. We're not combating a germ. You can put a mask on your face and it might psychologically make you feel better, but you're not really protecting yourself. You can put gloves on your hands. You can lock yourself away. And none of these actions guarantee your safety. Nothing you can do can guarantee you're not going to get sick. This is a tool for Satan. We are a, a media-driven people. We, we look at the news. And the news puts out things that we're concerned about. That pique our interest. The disasters. The things that might happen. The tragedies. Because it gets people to tune in for the almighty rating. And it causes a chain reaction. We have a choice. We can either believe in a God 
that says that everything's going to be okay, that he has this in his hands and has everything under control, or we can believe the media. I don't know why it is we've adopted this thing. If we read it in a newspaper, we see it on TV, if we read it on the internet, if someone of authority tells us, then it's the absolute truth. I say we need to question everything. That we need to run everything through the filter of the Word of God. Even what I'm telling you today. Look at it. I'm giving you the scriptures. Make sure it's saying what I'm saying because I am just a man like anyone else and I can make a mistake. Make sure the truth is God's truth. Someone always has something to gain. There's panic. So, right now more than ever, in the time of election, we have to have people that's going to rise up they're going to have to show you what they're going to do, how they're handling the situation, how they're a leader, how they're going to save all of us. Well, there is no man but one man that can save us, and that is Jesus Christ. Everyone else is just trying and failing. We see the empty shelves. And that's good for someone's bottom line. And look what it's doing. Look what Satan's doing. Now he has a platform. He's giving you every single Sunday. He gives you an excuse not to come to church. We were talking about it this morning. How it's. You always feel a little bit lazier on a Sunday morning. You tend to sleep in a little bit longer. You tend to feel bad on a Sunday morning. You tend to be a little more run down, a little more tired. All these little things that Satan gives you to try to keep you from coming in here. To try to keep you from hearing the truth. Because the truth shall set you free. The truth will shine through. That light will blast through the darkness. It'll take away the shadows. And once the shadows are gone... Satan has nothing else to work with. All he has is fear and lies. And he don't want you to hear the truth. So if he can keep people out of these buildings, keep people from hearing a message today. And I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's standing up before you and preaching not have fear. There's a lot of different ones that's putting out stuff, saying the same thing, giving these same scriptures, telling you what needs to be heard, because Satan wants to suppress it. Is this the end? What if it is? What if it is? Are you ready for it? You can't take the toilet paper with you. I don't think you're going to need it where we're going anyway. God will supply all of our needs. And the worst thing can happen is, if our time on earth is done, that we wake up in heaven at his side. 
that future is not so grim. We have to make a choice. Sounds like I say that week after week. We have to make a choice, but it's true. It is true. We have to make a choice. There is division, and we have to pick a side. We can't bump down the middle like a car going down the road without a driver between the guardrails. Boom, boom, boom. We can't do that. We have to pick a side and stay strongly planted in it. Are we going to trust in God? Or are we going to live in the world? Are we going to trust in God? Or are we going to live in the world? Because we cannot do both. We cannot believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is supplying all of our needs, that God is taking care of us, that He is our refuge. And then we're staying over here in the corner, watching the news, reading the papers, and worrying about every little thing. Counting the numbers. This many infected today, that many infected tomorrow. What's going to happen next week? I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't want to know what's going to happen in the next 15 minutes. This might be the end, or we might have another 20, 70, 30,000 years. I don't know. No one does. But I do know that the time that we spend trying to figure it out and worrying about it is waste. Time, the one commodity we can't get back. Time, the one thing that is so precious. And the time is one of the things that Satan wants to take from us so much. People today, I ask that you live your lives. That you turn it over to God. Let Him have control. Let Him be your refuge. And we, we've all have seen it. We have all seen it. We've seen people that have been so broken, either physically or emotionally or mentally, that we didn't think there was no coming back from them. There have been people that said that they will never walk again, that are running marathons. There are people that was locking, laying in bed in a hospital on the verge of dying when they said there was no other way that that was the end of all they can do and they are still with us today we seen Jesus he healed the sick he repaired weathered hands he reattached an ear he brought Lazarus from the grave so when we think about a little virus that's basically just a flu that people get all the time. And it's not like it's a death sentence. You know, some people are just more susceptible than others. A lot of people are going to survive it. Most will. So when we think about it like that, we think about all the grand, amazing things that God does with His power, His unlimited power, and we think about really how small of a thing this is. 
The only thing big about what's going on today is the panic, the fear that's around it. 2 Timothy said that God gives us love and God gives us power. Now I want you to think about this. What if we took that power? We've talked about that power many times. We've talked about that love. We take that love. And instead of being selfish, we took that selfishness and turned it around and used that love, that love we have for ourselves, and started giving it to each other. You know, if we only all took only our fair share, there would always be plenty to go around. If we weren't trying to hoard everything up and trying to make a profit off everything, there'd be plenty to go around. Shortages would not be a problem. And then if we took that power that we all have, if we got all, came together, rose up in faith, and applied that power in the form of prayer, and we believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know what would happen? There would be no more cases. They would be healing. They would be no more issue. Because God is that big. God answers prayers. You know, I believe that every time there's a hurricane out there in the ocean, if we all would pray it away, if we all used our faith together, it would be enough to push it away. We could take care of a lot of things if we did what the Word told us and be the body of Christ. If we all came together and do our parts. What happens is when we look at what's going on today, when we look at the media, when we look at what's happening in the world, we feel small. I feel like I am a small minority. Because I believe. I believe everything that I'm telling you today. Now I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not saying that I don't have my backsliding. I'm not saying that I don't have my moments of fear and doubt. Just like everything else. Because I am a man. I am human. And I have my shortcomings. But I do believe. And we see the, the actions of what's going on. The actions tell us that many do not. We see today that even though people proclaim to love Jesus, proclaim to have faith, their actions tell a different story. These empty seats tell a different story. We might be a minority, but we have a huge power behind us. And we see that God takes the most unqualified, the most unexpected person. And that's who he uses. We see all through the history of the Word of God, we see people that made mistakes. We see people that doubted. We see people that murdered. We see 
harlots. All part of this big journey. All part of God's plan. Because it's not about what we've done. It's about what we're going to do. What are you guys going to do today? What are we going to do today? As individuals, as a church, as a community, what are we going to do? Are you willing to make that choice? To have that kind of faith? Are you willing? Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Father, we know that there is as much fear and, and much doubt and, and much worry going on in the world today, Father. We know that you have all the power and everything's in your hands, Father. Father, I just ask for a peace to go over this world, Father, and that people start to realize that. That this can be an opportunity for revival, Father, and a change. And for each and every one of us that's hearing this today, Father, to have a courage to be able to not only to stand up for you, Father, and to work, operate in our faith, but that others will see it as well. See it as an example, Father. Seeing that when we stand tall and believe, Father, and we nothing happens, that we stay safe, we stay protected, Father, that other people will start following suit, that the mask can drop, Father, that the 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 hoarding can stop, that we can we can share and only take what we need, Father, what you provide. I ask that anybody has a need that they'll take their have lay down their need today, Father, have it taken care of. We ask you to be with the ones, Father, that are sick. We know that sickness is hard, Father, and that it's that it's also an opportunity to allow you to work in our lives, Father, to allow us to grow in our faith. That. The trials and the challenges are important because that's where we grow. And we thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for allowing us to grow, Father, in faith and as in character and as in person. And we just thank you for this, Father. Whatever the need is today, may it be matched. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Let's have an invitation song, please.